going to be selling something, whether it's yourself or a product or a service. And so the things I learned from Cutco, I still apply and I think about it often in a few different categories. One, how to be prepared and how to do the work up front and the detail orientation of that. Beyond that, how to build relationship and build rapport and build trust with someone you're trying to engage with. And then beyond that, how to convey value, which I think is valuable whether you're selling a knife or you're selling a product or a service, or in my case, now telling someone on wanting to partner with you for a growth stage technology investment. I think the ability to be able to be prepared, build those connections, and then also to be able to convey value were all things that I can trace back to those sales experiences we had that summer. I also feel pretty passionate about the phrase doing well while doing good. And I think it's important to not just be focused on some end destination, but to also be able to give back and be a leader in your community. Avery Rosen has spent much of his life preparing for success. A strong educational background has given him knowledge in a wide array of valuable subjects. He gained experience in selling through a summer with Cutco and pinpointed his career path with firsthand experience in the venture capital industry through an internship in Israel. Not yet 30 years old, Avery has been willing to work hard, has become great at connecting with others, and understands how to influence people through conveying value. This has all built an increasing level of success for Avery in his professional life. His insights can help you set the stage for your own great achievements. I'm grateful to introduce him to you all today. This is Avery Rosen. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I have a great guest today named Avery Rosen. Avery uh, worked with Cutco back in the summer of 2009. He worked with Gilbert Gonzalez, the current Western Region Sales Promotion Manager in his office. Did very well that summer at about a $30,000 sales summer with the company. Uh, Went away to college at the University of Pennsylvania, where he had a tremendous experience and graduated in 2013 with a degree in philosophy, politics, and econ. And uh, Avery got into the venture capital community right after uh, getting out of college. He is now a principal at Lead Edge Capital, uh, which is a growth stage tech investment firm, off to a great start on his career, and we'll have a lot of great insights today. And so, Avery, thank you so much for making time for the podcast. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you got into Cutco back in 2009. 
Absolutely. So it was one of those stories that uh, my high school graduation, I got a letter for Vector Marketing handed to me. Hey, check this out. New summer opportunity. I opened it. I wasn't as certain what Vector Marketing was, but when I realized it was Cutco, I was very familiar and I actually had a fond place in my heart. Uh, my mom had purchased Cutco over the years from other you know, family friends and things uh, you know, like that. And so I got to sit in on some of those demos. So I already was fond of the product. I already admired people who had been involved. And when I was thinking about a summer opportunity before heading to college, I thought, hey, you know, this might be a, a great uh, entry into sales and, and, and some valuable skills. And so that, that was kind of my initial foot in the door. Nice. And you started with Gilbert Gonzalez, right? Absolutely. And Gilbert was awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, and he really taught me a lot. And when I think about my time with him in particular, just the way he was able to build connections with people and also teach people how to uh, act with poise and, and con- convey powerful uh, messages and, and be able to also just have confidence in what they were doing. And I, I learned a lot of that from him. But even uh, beyond that with Gilbert, I really admired how he built camaraderie in our office. And I think back really fondly to nights that we had, you know, we went to play billiards, we did other, other activities together. And, and I think particularly when you're bringing people together who have a shared goal or have you know, shared motivations, being able to build organic ways for them to interact and, and have a good time was really memorable for me, obviously, all these years later. Yeah. I got a little surprise for you here today, Avery. Here is Gilbert right here joining I'm us. I'm glad I already started a- raving about you. That's great. Avery, Avery was just talking to Gilbert about your presence and confidence and your ability to connect with people. And uh, here you are. This is one of your great, uh, great products of your vector management days, Gilbert. There he is. Look at him all grown up, man. Get that background off. Are you in your new house? <laughs> no, not yet. Not quite yet. Congrats on that, brother, man. Good to see you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank well, you. I, when uh, Dan told me he was interviewing today, I'm like, dude, you got to let me get on there at least for a minute. I want to ask him at least a question or two. Is that okay with I you? I love that. No, it's, it's great. Of course, it's great to see you. I, I'm glad I jumped right in. When he mentioned your name, I was like, let me start singing his praises. So if you didn't hear what I just said, I was uh, I, I started off on that foot. And obviously, think back so fondly to our to our time. And so, uh, yeah, would love, to, would love to answer some questions, but also appreciate you and, and all the guidance you've given me over the years. Yeah, man. Thanks. Of course. Well, listen, dude, it's crazy. It was 11 years ago. It's nuts, man. And I don't know if you remember, but you were part of our organization that helped us be the number two office in the region that summer. We ended up being the number four office in our category in the entire company. I look back on that summer very fondly, man. You're somebody who I, who I always think of as one of the my favorite people I've ever worked with. And I would love if for our audience, you would share. Uh, I'll ask you two questions at once and then feel free to have at it. But you know, if you could think back to any any fun or fond experiences you had from that summer, and then if you want to expound, if you could, on any lessons that you took from that that you've carried with you so far. Absolutely. And I think there, there's many. I think when I think back to the fondness, I, I, I'd have to echo what I was just describing, which was some of the camaraderie that you were building with the team that summer. You know, I think back, you know, you're like, oh, we're going to go, go play billiards, right? Or we're going to go, you know, do something a little bit more fun or, or social. I think that to me was really meaningful just to be able to kind of, we're all working hard towards a shared goal. We're all motivated to get those top rankings in the summer and to, and to, and to beat our goals. I thought that sort of camaraderie uh, that you were able to build uh, amongst our group was, was really memorable. And I, and I guess I think about it with some of our sales pushes and the, and the conferences and those types of things as well. Like you always, you know, made us uh, feel excited about those and motivated for those. So that's some of the, some of the fond memories are, are thinking back there. I might need a reminder on part two of the question. Yeah. And then I was just, you know, I, I loved hearing you in your Forbes interview, talk about the things that you, some of the things that you've taken with you that you still utilize today 
And I'd love for you to share some of those things with our audience. I'd love for them to hear it. Absolutely, Gilbert. And I think back so fondly to the training uh, with you all those years ago, because teaching someone sales skills is really so valuable for their life, right? You are always going to be selling something, whether it's yourself or a product or a service. And so the things I learned from Cutco, I still apply and I think about it often in a few different categories. One, how to be prepared and how to do the work up front and, and, and the detail uh, orientation of that to have yourself in a position to make a good impression in a meeting or to have the supplies you need to show up and you know, be able to, to have a good interaction. Beyond that, how to build relationship and build rapport and, and build trust with someone you're trying to engage with and uh, have a positive encounter. And then beyond that, how to convey value, which I think is valuable whether you're selling a knife or you're selling a product or a service, or in my case now, you know, selling someone on wanting to partner with you for a growth stage technology investment. I think the ability to be able to be prepared, build those connections, and then also to be able to convey value, uh, whether it's knives or dollars, uh, were all things that I even trace back to those you know, sales experiences we, we had that summer. I love that, man. It means so much to hear you share those things. I love seeing you use them. Well, listen, I also wanted to say something directly to you in front of our audience as well. You know, As managers, we work with um, a lot of different people. And there's three things I always remember about you that I was just very thankful for. And there's three things that we look for in a sales rep that when we find somebody like that, they're just like gold to us. And because of the, because of the, the impact you have in the organization, I just want to say, I appreciate you for always showing up with the right attitude, always being prepared, always showing up right, performing every week, just being consistent week in and week out. Never had to even worry about you. You're always on top of your stuff. And more important than that though, being such a great team player. Like there were so many people that summer that did more than they would have because you were around, you know? And I'll finish by saying this, dude. I tell this to our district managers all the time. I'm like, you're not going to know the the value of the work you're doing right now. When you will know it is 10 years from now. When you get a text, when you get a phone call from somebody who's out there beating the world down and accomplishing their goals and doing everything they wanted to do, they reach out and they let you know you had a little piece of that. And so I just want to let you know, man, means the world to me. Uh, it's the biggest compliment I could ever get is just for you to be out there using the stuff that we taught you and giving us a shout out. It means a ton, man. So it's just a true testament to who you are. And I appreciate you always. All right. Appreciate you, Gilbert. Thank you so much, man. Yeah. You, ever, to come. Need me. you ever need me, you know, I've always got your back, bro. I'll let you guys have I'm at it. Have you. fun. I look forward to listening Thank to you. this whole conversation. All Thanks right. So much. All right. Awesome. All right, Dan. See you later. See you later, Thanks. guys. Thanks for chiming in, Gilbert. Yes, sir. All right, boys. That was cool. That was fun. I hope you uh, so fun. enjoyed that little part there, Avery, with having Gilbert jump in. So No, thanks for the surprise. That was great. That was perfect. I, I, I told him this morning I was talking to you today, and he's like, oh, you gotta let me get in there. And so I'm like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll make that work. I love what you said to Gilbert there about how we'll always be selling something in life. Obviously, now you're selling founders on partnering with your company when there are multiple other options who can give them the investment dollars that they are seeking. And so there are nuances to that. When I think of what I do now, I sell as well. I sell dreams. I sell goals. I sell visions. I sell people on their own potential. Of course, uh, any Cutco reps who are listening are selling a specific product. And the methods and strategies of selling, including preparation, as you mentioned, uh, connecting with others and conveying value are relevant to influencing someone in any 
aspect of life, whether it's selling a product, a service, or an idea. It's just a critical life skill for success that you had a chance to learn about and gain at a young age. So this was the summer between your your uh, senior year of high school and your freshman year of college. And then after your Cutco experience, you were off to UPenn. Uh, tell us about your experience at uh, UPenn. Absolutely. I, I love my time at, at UPenn. And, and like you mentioned, I studied uh, in a major called philosophy, politics, and economics. So it's PPE is the name. And I uh, really learned uh, a lot about, you know, across a, a wide range of topics, uh, you know, each of those categories, and, and also spent a lot of my time learning in behavioral economics, which was uh, something very interesting to me and why people make decisions and, and uh, their motivations behind it and how they think about probabilities and outcomes and, and how it affects them. Uh, and it's certainly interesting for my work in, in financial markets and in uh, navigating products and, and launching products. Something for me, I would just you know highlight uh, beyond the great people that I met at Penn and the connections that I made there, which were phenomenal. Uh, that a course that was really formative for me was uh, a course my freshman year actually called the Information Age. Uh, the Information Age was a course that uh, was about the evolution of technology and its impact on society, dating back to the printing press and coming all the way forward to the iPhone and, and, and smartphones. And that allowed me to feel a confidence that I can be a, a, someone who loves technology and be a student of technology and technological innovation, but not necessarily have to be able to build the products end-to-end -end myself. And that got me sort of feeling even more confident on watching trends and, and looking at different uh, technological innovation. And that was really a formative course for me and got me towards my path of doing some internships in and around uh, you know, uh, technology and startups, as well as uh, in investing. Uh, so that was the, that was some formative stuff uh, as well from my time at Penn. Yeah, very cool. Having studied behavioral economics, you must have studied Daniel Kahneman. Certainly. Yeah, uh, I I'm a huge fan of thinking fast and slow. And also, have you read the Undoing Project? Yes, super yeah. interesting. Yeah, super interesting. Right, Michael Lewis's account of their of uh, the lives of uh, Kahneman and Tversky and, and some of the cool things that uh, they went through and with lessons sprinkled in about decision-making and thinking and a lot of cool ideas. So awesome. Highly, so, highly recommend that book. I have some long drives uh, and so put, put on audiobooks and The Undoing Project was a great one. And, and it was great for me to think back on some of the uh, lessons and coursework that I had learned from my time in, in, in PPE, but also uh, the you know additional anecdotes about their lives was, was pretty formative and, and, and certainly interesting to, to learn from as well. Yeah. And there's an Israel connection there as well. I know you spent some time in Israel. You had uh, an internship in Tel Aviv for one summer or for one year while you were in college, right? That's right. Exactly. So I, I've been very active with a group called Birthright Excel. It's, uh, it's a program that started out of the overall Birthright Israel Foundation and, and the program that takes young Jews to Israel for 10 days. I, in the summer of 2011, I did a program uh, with Birthright Excel, which was a 10-week birthright, where I started with a 10-week uh, internship in Tel Aviv. Doing, and I worked for a group called BRM, and I was doing early-stage technology investing and getting to learn about term sheets and cap tables and doing market maps and diligence for an investment we were considering at the time. And as a young person, uh, you're getting that experience. It was extremely valuable. So being able to be in the startup nation and to be in Israel, meeting entrepreneurs and uh, to be diligenting uh, new opportunities, it was very formative to me and, and definitely got me excited about this path in investing. That program, Birthright Excel, they take 
40 or 50 college-age students a year to get started in this fellow summer fellowship. And then it goes into a lifelong opportunity, uh, a lifelong fellowship where you can engage with a community of alumni who are in all different stages of their careers and different categories across startups and, and investing and big companies, small companies, and the ability to tap into that network and get career advice. Uh, that's been an area where I've spent a lot of my time and a lot of my time giving back is, is in leading that community, um, which has been exciting. Awesome. Sounds like you had some really fantastic experiences, uh, both uh, at UPenn and there uh, uh, during your time in Israel as well. So then you graduated. It was uh, 2013. Your career has been evolving now for about seven years. What can you tell us about how your career has evolved over these last seven years? Well, it's an interesting story, certainly. And I think for me, the foot in the door is notable. You know, I, 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 coming right out of college and starting in an investment role is a bit unique. It's something I've, I've really enjoyed, certainly the past uh, seven years. You know, when I got hired about eight years ago with my work, my background in technology investing uh, with through the Israel program that I described, as well as uh, in early stage startups that I was working on through college, was part of my you know foot in the door with my firm called Lead Edge Capital, uh, which is a growth fund doing late stage software, internet, tech enabled services investing. But the reason I ultimately got hired was when I mentioned my Cutco experience, mm-hmm. because when I told my founding partner that hey, I have this interest in technology, I have a background and I understand investing and certain elements of it. I was obviously still very, very new to the, to the industry. But when he heard that I had the sales experience and had the ability to sell knives in people's homes, he said, hey, if you can do that, you could probably sell my firm to entrepreneurs. So come give that a try. And that was eight years ago, that conversation. Wow. Happened. So that foot in the door was certainly notable. And the sales experience for a growth stage fund is, is, is part of the role, right? You are trying to build relationships with entrepreneurs that are building interesting uh, innovation and building big businesses and being able to convey that value, uh, talk about why they should want to partner with you. That is really the sort of entry level, uh, role. And so for me, over the last seven years or so, as I've been, as I've been doing it, I've been able to advance into more advanced layers of the discussions to be able to source investment opportunities, to be able to lead, uh, investment opportunities and, and processes and oversee those. So it's been great learning for me. It's still, you know, certainly early days in, in my career, but it's been very interesting to, have sort of stepped down this path in investing and to have a passion for it and to be able to source some of our interesting investments and, and be able to um, have, uh, you know, gain that experience. And so I've been able to kind of get that foot in the door with that sales angle and then certainly learn a lot more about uh, the investing craft, which, which has been exciting. Yeah, that's cool. What are a couple of the more notable uh, investments that you have been able to make and have come to fruition? Totally. I'll mention a couple of them. Both have been in cybersecurity investments. So I, you know, help source our investments first in Duo Security, which is a two-factor authentication business uh, out of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, we first invested there in early 2015 and ultimately invested uh, quite a bit more over time. And that business sold in the fall of 2018 to Cisco for just under $2.4 billion. So that was a very exciting one to be a part of and, and an awesome story uh, there and, and a great product. And then the next one also happens to be in cybersecurity. I sourced an investment in Signal Sciences, which is a web application firewall. Uh, a product that uh, we first invested in the fall of 2018, and they actually just completed an acquisition a couple months ago by a, a public company called Fastly for just under $800 million. So that was another one uh, that was exciting to sort of source and, and work closely with with the team there as they navigated the past couple of years and, and ultimately had an exciting outcome and, and a great next chapter for them to come. So those were a couple in, in cybersecurity, and, and I've been active investing in workflow softwares in different categories. 
like uh, multifamily real estate or in healthcare. Um, and so it's been an interesting, uh, interesting ride, certainly, and gets to look at a lot of different innovation across the industries. And so that, that's part of what keeps me, keeps it exciting, keeps it fresh. Yeah, I bet. What do you feel like, you know, as you look at your own self and your own qualities, what do you feel like are some of the most important characteristics that you've brought to your work that have helped make you successful? I appreciate the question. And I think for me, I, I, I bring it back to some of those skills that we were talking about with Cutco and, and particularly around having a detail orientation and to be able to be focused on what it takes to be prepared and to be thoughtful in these interactions. I think I, I really try to try to do that. I think building relationships with people is also critically important. And so being able to be able to both, you know, find something to connect on, but also find reasons to keep in touch and find reasons to be helpful. Uh, and, and I think that's something that we really have to focus on at the stage that we invest is trying to be a bit more of this connector and be able to uh, help companies as they are looking to get into a certain company or build out a skill set at their board level or make, make a, a certain hire, be able to tap your network and, and be able to uh, be the be the one uh, driving those connections. And so that's something I, I enjoy most about the work that, that we do is that, that it, it very much is put bringing people together and trying to add value in that way. And so I think my ability to both be prepared and be detail-oriented, but also to build connections with people, I think, are all very important. I guess the last thing, as you can tell, I probably talk pretty fast. Uh, I am a high-energy guy. And so I think that, uh, you know, Gilbert alluded to as well, but I do uh, you know, typically bring energy into some of these conversations and some of that excitement. And I think that has that served me in, in what I do. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can think all the way back to when I was much younger and read read uh, Think and Grow Rich, where Napoleon Hill talks about the value of enthusiasm and how important that is. I like the paradigm that you shared of viewing what you're doing as helping, trying to find ways of helping the, you know, the, the uh, clients that you have to be able to achieve what it is that they want. There's a pretty notable business leader and New York Times bestselling author that I've had on the podcast named Charlene Lee. And, um, and she describes this that, you know, as a consultant, right? She doesn't view what she's doing as selling. She views it as helping. And that mm -hmm. paradigm, it seems so simple, but yet it's a key idea that I think everybody has to take into account when they're considering how they can further their own uh, careers in their own businesses. You know, how am I helping others? What value am I bringing to other people? So I think that's an important concept that you shared as well there. And I'd echo on that too. And it, you made me think of, think of a book. And, and for me, it's also a book uh, by Adam Grant, who's a Wharton professor uh, called Give and Take. And, and, and the, you, know, you should definitely check out the book. But one of the notable insights is that people who are able to advance in organizations and in their careers are the givers. Uh, and and then sometimes those are the folks that also get left behind a little bit because they spend so much time giving to others and maybe aren't focused on their own performance. But the high achievers, the top of the, the top performers, are also givers. They care about others. They're able to be adding value um, to people as they need it and, and opening their networks, and that rises the tide and and, and allows for for high performance. So that's a book I'll I'll plug as well uh, because it's a great concept of of paying it forward and and continuing to find ways to help others. Yeah, I love Adam Grant. He's a great follow on LinkedIn. By the way, so for anyone that's listening, and you know, even if you don't end up reading Adam's book, but you just uh, click follow on LinkedIn, and he shows up in your feed every day, you'll get some great, great uh, takes from him on a whole bunch of different topics and, and things. If you were advising young people today, maybe young people who are selling Cutco right now, or young people who are going to go to to UPenn and want to be successful, 
there are things that people need to focus on learning. There are skills people need to focus on developing. What comes to your mind that's at the forefront of what the young people of today need to focus on learning in order to be most successful in the marketplace? I think it's a great question. And look, given, given how technology has touched so many different industries, I would encourage young people to think about learning technical skills. Uh, I, I just think that is, that is so critical. So if you have a passion for it, learning how to code, learning design, learning how to build products, or learning how to use uh, technology tools that don't require coding, but allow you to build uh, with sort of no code or low code platforms. I think that's super valuable because pretty much every industry is building digital products into their experiences. So I would certainly encourage that whole category as an area to, to be learning. But the other thing I would pass on to younger generations thinking about being early in their careers is the dynamic that you don't, you don't have to have all the answers like right away. You don't have to know, I've already found your passion, say, I want to build a career in this domain or do this for my career. But what is key is to, to, to make a step and to try something. And it's, in that circumstance, you'll either realize, hey, this is something I want to continue to learn about or go deeper in or really learn this craft end to end. Or you'll say, hey, that's not for me and I'm going to go find the next one. And I think with each of those steps, you're going you're gonna to triangulate towards something you're really excited about and passionate about. And I think that's important. Uh, what I would also say is there's so much information out there now. You can learn about topics online. You can connect with people who are leaders in your it, it, areas of interest. And they will be generous with you, hopefully, and they will share insights or they'll, you can read their blog or listen to their podcast and be able to get some of that knowledge. I think you know, the opportunity for you to sort of take your own path and, and learn about things you care about, whether you're subscribing to their Substack newsletter or following them on Twitter or on LinkedIn, as we were discussing, I think there's a lot of opportunity in front of you. And so I think it's okay to not have all the answers, but to know that there's a lot out there and you should, you should uh, start to explore. For sure. Who are some key influencers for you right now? I mentioned how I have some long drives, and so I enjoy listening to podcasts. One of the ones that I, I love engaging with the most is, is called Invest Like the Best from Patrick O'Shaughnessy. And he, inter he interviews many talented investors and entrepreneurs and, and founders and executives. And it's a very interesting food for thought for me, learning about investment strategies, learning about market cycles. And uh, that allows me to feel like my drives are very productive. Um, when I'm listening to content like that. So I, re I really do enjoy that one. That's great. That's great. I definitely feel like everybody who's listening should be spending a part of their days and their weeks in some element of personal growth and learning something that's interesting to them, even if it's not directly related to the work that they're doing. But just that process of learning and growing makes people feel more inspired and more motivated and, and more able to tackle the day-to-day -day challenges that they face. And so just that, that process is a key element of success, I think. How has your business been in uh, 2020? It's been a very interesting time, certainly. You know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, everyone was sort of trying to trying to support the portfolio and help companies navigate what was what was an uncertain time and what remains an uncertain time. I think what is interesting about investing in technology, particularly in platforms that enable collaboration or enable security or enable other you know real needs uh, in this period, is that some of these businesses have done very well, and so you know a lot of the portfolio has performed very nicely, which is exciting. There's also been new investment opportunities uh, of companies that have uh, been either some, in some ways enabled by this, but in other ways just been able to execute in this remote world. So that's kept uh, that certainly kept things busy. My firm announced a new fund a couple months ago as well, so that's uh, exciting. We've been active investing our, our, our fifth fund, the nine hundred fifty million dollar fund, and so been active uh, with some new investments out of that. Uh, and it'll be I anticipate a busy time uh, going forward as as uh, you know, a lot of great companies are being built and, and scaled. Yeah. 
Very cool to hear. Any personal gifts that have come your way in 2020? Like what has been the gift of this year for you? Well, sure. Well, I'm, I'm soon to be married. So at some point I will officially have a wife and that's very exciting and very lucky. And we also uh, got a puppy this year. So that was exciting this fall. Uh, got a Labradoodle. So that's keeping us busy uh, as well and, and, and a nice companion to, to come into the mix. So that's a, that's a silver lining for sure. Yeah. It's a good time to get a dog during a year where you're going to be home every single day for extended amount of time. That's right. Yeah. What, uh, if you look into the future, Avery, what do you feel like you're most excited about? When I look ahead at future innovation, uh, you know, I, I do feel fortunate to be playing and, and investing and, 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 and tracking what happens in technology. I, I do think there's so much going on. And so that gets me excited. Certainly, as I think about industries that have adopted technology or maybe have been slower to adopt technology, I think that's uh, a real opportunity to bring efficiency, to bring uh, better experiences to different sort of industries. And so that gets me excited thinking ahead. And, and, and certainly, uh, we'll continue to hopefully find and, and invest in technology that can improve people's lives and, and, and also grow uh, big businesses. Yeah. And, you know, the, the theme of the podcast is changing lives. And if you were to think about your future and maybe look looking more than just five or 10 years down the road, but longer down the road and the legacy you would like to leave in the world, what comes to mind as far as how you feel like you would like to, you would aspire to change people's lives through the influence that you have in the world? Stemming back to that, what we discussed about paying it forward and being a connector and being able to help people on their path. Uh, I think that's something I really, really uh, believe in. And so in, in, in impacting people and helping them, I think being able to open my networks or to be able to help folks as they think about uh, their passions or think about growing their companies or getting to that next stage, I, I think that's something I'd always like to do. I also feel pretty uh, passionate about uh, the phrase, you know, doing well while doing good. And I think it's important to not just be focused on some end destination, but to also be saying, hey, as you're able to find some success or as you're able to be helping others or having taking away learnings to be able to give back and, and be a leader in your community and a volunteer or join uh, nonprofits. And I think that's something I I'll definitely will be, will be focused on, you know, going forward and, and, and we'll hope to have continue to influence uh, uh, in, in the career to come. Yeah. Well, it's great to hear the success that you've had. Thanks for sharing a lot of your insights. There's a lot of people in the Cutco community who are doing well while doing good. And we're very proud of the influence that so many people are having out there. And you're really, truly at the start of this. I mean, I know you're not even 30 years old yet, right? So you're just at the start of this opportunity for you and your life. And as Gilbert stated, uh, one of the things that we love is just knowing that we had a small piece of somebody's success, you know, a summer that you spent, uh, we hope uh, provided some great tools and some great ideas for you and great exposure and things that will help you for a long time. And uh, we're, we're proud to see what you and so many others are doing out there in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I think back so fondly to that summer and my time with Gilbert. And like I said, even in just discussing it now, a lot of those skills I learned from that summer, I, I still carry with me uh, regularly. So it's uh, great to be able to be sharing more of that story with you. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Avery Rosen, everyone. Hope you enjoyed hearing Gilbert Gonzalez jump in on that conversation as well. And Avery sharing, learning about connecting with people that he learned from Gilbert about presence as well. Gilbert has always been somebody that has good presence and confidence when he communicates. And then, uh, you know, Avery talked about the preparation 
right? And being serious about success in whatever it is that you do. A lot of times people feel like they're so naturally talented that they don't have to prepare, that they don't have to be detail-oriented, that they can just sort of fake their way to success. And it doesn't work that way. The aspect of detail orientation and preparation is the kind of thing that can help make take somebody from good to great. It can help take somebody who's already great and make them among the greatest. And it is a, a key distinction of top achievers. Avery and Gilbert also talked about just having fun and creating that culture of fun in an organization. And when that culture of fun is balanced with the aspect of being serious about success, that's where people succeed at a high level and enjoy themselves while doing it. And that's ultimately what we want to have happen. Avery obviously had an exceptional academic path through University of Pennsylvania and with that valuable internship time that he spent in Israel. And yet Avery shared that it was his Cutco experience that got him hired at the job in the first place. I see so many people who share that same experience that it was their Cutco experience that got them into the initial role that they got into. And of course, then they crushed it and did really well and leveraged their personal skills. But the experience of selling and producing results and being among the top at what you do, it's such a great distinction that people can have. Avery talked about the paradigm of helping other people. And that being an important paradigm when you're in any role where you're selling and influencing, it's so important not to see yourself as trying to get people to get something or do something they don't want. It's so important to realize that what you're doing is you're helping people to do something that benefits them or that will benefit them. If you don't have that conviction, then you're in the wrong business. But if you have that conviction and you see that, you're going to be more willing to take shots. You're going to be more willing to ask for what you want, and you're going to be more likely to succeed in the long run. Avery also said to young people listening that you don't have to have all the answers, right? Be willing to tackle challenges, knowing that it's okay if you don't have every answer in the first place. During our conversation, we talked briefly about behavioral economics, and we referenced a book called The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. And I wanted to take just a few minutes extra here today to share with you a few insights out of that book that I thought were completely valuable, just amazing nuggets. Here is one of the things that Michael Lewis says in the book. He says, the human mind is bad at seeing things it does not expect to see and a bit too eager to see what it expects to see. Confirmation bias, as this is called, is most insidious because you don't even realize it is happening. We see what we expect to see, not often what actually is. And by the way, if you miss any of this and you're driving, this will be in the show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. So you can get these notes there. What ties into that is that not only do people not know what they don't know, but they don't even bother to factor their ignorance into their judgments. So all of us have areas of life in which we're experts. All of us have a whole lot more areas of life in which we're not experts. And we don't know exactly what is going on. And I think this relates so much to what's going on today 
in the world, and particularly with the coronavirus pandemic that's happening. There are people who seem like they're so sure about what they are saying. They're so sure about whatever they think about masks or whatever they think about vaccinations or any other aspect of this. And oftentimes we're seeing what we expect to see, what we want to see. We're seeing what we want to see. And we are not taking into account that we are at some level ignorant in these things. And we have to take that factor into account in making judgments. Michael Lewis also talks about framing in the undoing project. He describes a scenario where somebody has a cancer and they have a choice of, you know, doing surgery or just going into radiation treatments. And the and that surgery is much more likely to extend their life, but it does come with a small risk of immediate death. And he says that when doctors tell people they have a 90% chance of surviving surgery, about 82% of them opt for surgery. But when doctors tell people that they have a 10% chance of dying from surgery, only about 54% of them choose that path. The same exact percentages, the same exact decision, but framing the choice as a gain versus a loss alters people's decision-making. And what Michael Lewis teaches here is that people do not choose between things, they choose between descriptions of things. I'm pretty sure he got that from Daniel Kahneman, by the way, who we also referenced in the interview. People do not choose between things, they choose between descriptions of things. And so it's so important to think about how you are framing the choices you're giving people, how you are framing the ways in which you're attempting to motivate and inspire people. Is it towards a gain or is it away from a loss? It makes a difference in how people respond. And Lewis shares that rather than selling people on some sort of change, we're better off identifying the reasons for their resistance and addressing those reasons and attempting to reduce tension, that that makes it easier to get people to change. Reducing tension makes it easier to get someone to change some aspect of behavior. And where I think this applies in selling is just considering how do you make it easy for people to act, right? That's reducing tension, making it easy for people to act. In Cutco, we have a, you know, a trial period. We have, they can deposit 20% down of the order without any risk. They can get their money back. These are all things that help make it easy for people to act if they're presented properly and framed really well. You can think about and apply that to whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're selling, however it is that you're influencing other people. Read the book. It's one of the best books I've read the last few years, The Undoing Project by Michael Lewis. Last but not least today, everyone, Avery talked about the concept of doing well while doing good, meaning succeeding, doing really well in your work, but also contributing to other people, giving back being a valuable part of your community, philanthropy. There's so many ways that we can all do good for other people while we're succeeding. Uh, that's a great challenge to leave all of you with here today. 
how are you doing that in your life and through what you're doing? How are you changing lives through the influence that you have in your community and in your circle of friends and associates? I hope you're all inspired by what was shared here today. Thanks very much for supporting the podcast. I'm fired up to tell you about Good Weather Wine by legendary Cutco Vector alum, Mark Lovis. I've really been enjoying these wines recently. If you like wine, but you sometimes get a headache from drinking it, you need to try Good Weather Wine. All their wines are sugar-free, low in sulfites, and with no additives. You can get a monthly shipment of 3, 6, or 12 bottles, and they'll make it super easy by making the selections for you based on your preferences. Check out goodweatherwine.com, and if you enter the discount code CLSK when you check out, you'll get free shipping on your order. Visit goodweatherwine.com to get started. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives. 